Hi there, it's Elizabeth and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. Today I want to talk to you about spirituality, spirituality and divorce. And it's actually a conversation I've been wanting to have with you for a long time and I haven't because I'm not exactly sure how to do this with you. It's made me a little bit sort of nervous. I feel like I'm stepping a little bit out of my comfort zone. But then I decided that I need to do this. I need to I need to show this part of myself to you so that you can learn from that and tune into that. One of the reasons I've been hesitant is because all over social media now you you know you don't have to scroll far, let's put it that way, to have someone declare themselves as a super manifester and tuning into spiritual energies and being a light worker and being a healer and all of these things. And I'm not I'm not saying that they're not that. But because it's now become a thing to do and a business for people, so now it's about, you know, who's better and who's more intuitive and who's more spiritual and who's the greater, you know, whatever, healer. And I feel there's been, there's this, I don't know, I don't like that energy around it. And I was talking to a healer this weekend, this past weekend at a psychic fair actually here in town. And it was a man who, he was just clearly a very intuitive person. And um, we had a really interesting conversation. And it was interesting partly because I usually learn more from women when it comes to this than men. And he kind of walked up to me and said, you're a healer. And I'm like, no, no, no. I just, like, I just dabble. And I started making all these excuses for what I do and what I'm not. And, um... And I realized that what I really want to do is step into this part of myself, and I, but I want to do it with you. I want to step in there with you. And I'm wondering if you want to go on that journey with me, basically. Like, I'm hoping you will. And stick with me here as I muddle through this, because I think there's a lot of good learning for you. We're going to talk about listening to our voice, for example, and tuning into our feminine these are things we hear about all the time, the sacred feminine, the divine feminine, the wounded feminine, but what does that even mean? And we hear about creating abundance and the law of attraction and, you know, but again, how do we implement that? What does that even mean? How do we become massive attractors of what we want in life? How do we create abundance in our lives? What is abundance even? So let's have that conversation. And uh, stick with me because this is unscripted. This is me talking to you directly from the heart, from my soul, from a place of wanting to share healing with you. And I'm asking you to open your heart and mind as we have this conversation together. Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. I am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and day today. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of, but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. Here, we talk about how to heal, move forward, and find love if you're so inclined. Also, motherhood through divorce, finding yourself, and creating the life you deserve. Our tools are community, sisterhood, honesty, vulnerability, spirituality, and coaching, and that's when we aren't talking to our experts. I'm also a divorced mother of four adult sons, remarried and a stepmom to three. So we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here. 
If you are recently separated, thinking of separating, divorcing, or even beyond your divorce, but still feeling it, then this is the podcast for you. For me, the spiritual journey, or my spiritual journey rather, started way back. It started back probably when I went through my divorce as I kind of embraced things like reflection and gratitude and meditation um, and even journaling and all those kind of practices that are becoming pretty mainstream now, but they weren't really back then. And I didn't understand them in the capacity of spirituality at all at that time. That has come to me in pieces over the years. Um, And it was really probably partly COVID that really brought it home because now I was at home and and I was really ready for something more. I'd already kind of started on a bigger journey and suddenly these things just started coming into my life. Things like tarot cards, um, chakras, uh, like really tuning into intuition, not just listening to Deepak Chopra's 21-day meditation challenge, but actually sitting down and meditating and raising my awareness of something bigger, bigger than me, bigger than everyone, something, in fact, that unifies all of us. And then I have that in such huge contrast to the work that I do, which is working with you and helping you get to such a difficult time in life as you're going through divorce. Divorce has got to be one of one of the most polarizing things that we do because we're taken from a place of being a unit, a family unit, a couple, to now in, in, in a couple in our heart and our soul and to splitting, to separating and to dividing, fighting, um, being at odds. And it's such an uncomfortable, painful difficult journey because it is not in our nature it is not we were not intended to be at odds like that I I I might sound very idealistic here but I believe that our purpose here on earth is actually very simple it is ultimately to procreate and keep the species alive and also from a more spiritual standpoint our purpose here is to elevate each other and ourselves in doing so is to be good to others is to show goodness to the world is to share our gifts with each other but we stopped doing that centuries ago we focused on gain on winning on prosperity like prosperity meaning money position power status we made it important to have and to be something specific in order to be valued and so now that there's some more spiritual teaching around us and we're learning and hearing all this terminology around, you know, oneness and community, um, about embracing that we're all connected, energy, vibration, attraction, all those things. And even in that space, there's people saying, so five signs that you're a light worker or six ways to know that you're dealing with an intuitive and and suddenly people are boxing it in and and starting to talk about how you can be better a better spiritual person or a better intuitive or in fact take this course and become you know a an intuitive coach and i've gotten sucked into that i and, and almost i should say i've thought about it and i thought no intuition is inside 
consciousness is inside. My love for people, for the human race, for your human experience to help you to help my community heal and grow and move past what they're going through, that lies within me. It's not in whether or not I can convince you that I am some kind of magician who can create something. I don't know even know what, some kind of an experience for you. I know what my strengths are. I know what my inner power is. I know what I'm good at. That's something I know. And I believe that's part of being spiritual, knowing what your gifts are and then wanting to share them with the world. I choose to share my gifts with you. My gift of uh, being able to see the bigger picture, to be able to teach you a new perspective, to be able to show you a path forward to show you how you can get happy again and to and by doing so to reconnect with a part inside you. For a long time, I really tried to box myself into this sort of coaching expectation of who I should be as your coach, as your guide through this. But it kept leaking out, you know, talking about the moon, talking about chakras and using cards in coaching sessions. You know, I have clients who literally will ask me to pull some cards for them now to help guide them forward. They allow space for me to tune into my intuition so that I can guide them forward. We run moon circles in our membership calls. And that was a huge leap for me because that's not, you know, that's not necessarily the space that one thinks of being in when one is going through divorce. And I, I have been pleasantly surprised by how many people have embraced it, you know, and I've also chuckled a bit at the couple of responses that I have received around, you know, when I send out an email and let people know that I read tarot, I got two people who um, said they would pray for me, essentially, <laughs> because that's the work of the devil. But I don't happen to believe that. But anyway, all joking aside or all that aside, what I'm trying to share with you here is the understanding that when we're healing from something that's this hard and this big, and there's such a, a misalignment in our lives, that's why it's so painful. You know, well, let me just stay on, on track here. When there's something this big that we're going through, being able to use these more gentle spiritual strategies to heal, to grow, to follow the moon cycle, for example, to guide us as we do the work that we need to do to move forward, to feel better, to find happiness and love again. I love the idea of doing that and so do my clients. So I see now that this is something that I think has been missing. It's a gentleness. It's um, it's uh, yeah, it's just a gentler approach. I can't think of a better word for it right now to, to healing, to growing and to learning. Um, you know, too often we get attached to, you know, why did this happen? And and that right away takes us into the victim mentality of why did this person do this to me? Why did this happen to me? Why, you know, am I so unhappy? Why couldn't, you know, all of these questions and we find ourselves in this victim mindset of that the world is putting upon us and that we are just simply here to be beat up on metaphorically. Um, instead of saying to ourselves, this is happening for me. 
I, this is happening for me because I'm supposed to either learn something, I'm supposed to move forward, I'm supposed to do things differently. I'm, I need to tune into myself to learn what it is that I really need to do here and stop reacting and knee-jerking from a place of lack or from a place of fear or from a place of that it has to be my way. You know, when we get into a pattern of needing to control our environment in every way and we want our partner to be this way and say these things and do it our way, then we are no longer working from a place of unconditional love, from a place of gentleness and compassion. We're working from a place of that I'm right and you're wrong and you better do it my way. And if you don't do it my way, then you must not love me very much or something like that. I'm being very broad here, but I think you can recognize the feeling. I know it existed in me. I had a certain understanding or a belief around what I thought love should look like, what that meant that my partner or still means that my partner should show me. And learning to love my partner, regardless of whether they're doing things my way or not, and seeing that the way that they're doing it is right for them, and that's what I love about them or him, has made life so much easier and gentler. It makes it easy to love him instead of struggling to make him conform to what I feel should be or what I've decided is what love looks like. Love is inside every single one of us. We have an insane capacity to love. I mean, think about it. I, I, if you have children and you're listening to this, you probably went through what I went through and I went from having one to two children. I worried that I'd have enough love, that I could love my second child as much as I loved my first. And I'm sure every single one of you, <laughs> you've all experienced the same thing. You've come to realize that as a mother, as a woman, your capacity to love is tremendous. And it's the same for men, obviously, for fathers. Um, our capacity to love one child or 15 children, there is no limit. We love them all the same and as much. Inside that, that tremendous capacity for our children, when it comes to our friends and our partners, we have way more expectations and parameters around what we think they should be doing to earn our love or to keep our love or to keep our friendship. And in fact, we also see so much of what they do as a sign of lack of friendship. I've struggled a lot with that. I, As I've become more aware and awakened to these energies, to being in alignment with me and my soul and my values, the things that I believe in, and to operate from that place with everyone in my life, regardless of whether it's a client, a friend, somebody I don't even know, I want to come from a place of being genuine and compassionate and kind and loving. I always want to be that person. And in an effort to do so, I work really hard to be accepting and and open and not judging, not deciding that they are more or less worthy or that they're more or less of anything or, yeah, simply that, that this is just another human being in front of me having a different human experience. Maybe they're having a bad day today. What can I do here, right? Like, what is my role here? It might not be to solve this person's problems. It might not be to even help. But maybe all I need to do is hold space and not jump in and make it more difficult, right? So let's go back to this divorce situation. 
I really think that a lot of things that cause, first of all, that cause a divorce in the first place and then that make it really hostile and difficult as we move forward is our ego, right? Our ego-driven desire to be right, to be in control, to know what's going to happen next, to have things our way, to have, to have control. That's the bottom line. And we can all be controlling, especially when we're fearful, because now we, we're afraid of this unknown and we want to control it. But what if, what if you could just have this deep faith, this deep knowing that everything will work out? Because what is it that we all want out of life? It isn't actually money, for example, or love. Because money, why do we want money? Because we believe it's going to make us happy. Why do we want love? Because we believe it's going to make us happy. So what we all want in life is to feel happy. We want to feel good. We want to feel joy and experience life in the most joyful way. If we focus on happiness, on not just our own, but on the people around us, you know, when you're around people that are happy, you feel happy. When you're around people that are miserable, you feel miserable. It's kind of the way it is. If you're the one that's being the miserable person in the room, people are either going to choose to walk away from you and be with other people who are more joyful, or they're going to try to cheer you up, or they're going to jump into that pit of kind of misery and complaining with you, right? I mean, this happens every single moment of every day as we interact with people. We get influenced by other energies, by other people, by circumstances and things that happen to us. I'm not saying you can be happy all the time. It's not even about that because the truth is the part of the human experience is grief and sorrow and loss. Bad things happen. People die. People move away. Bad things happen. So it's not about constantly being joyful and happy. But I do believe that that is always the goal. When something bad happens, we want to get back there. We want to process what's happened to us. We want to learn from it. So we can go back to feeling good and in balance again. When you're feeling out of balance, when you're feeling unhappy, angry, resentful, grieving, sorrowful, all of the things that you are feeling going through this divorce, afraid, um, resentful, jealous, whatever it may be, you're out of alignment with your values, you know, your core values. What are they? Are they, you know, family? integrity, honesty, kindness, all those things. Fundamentally, we all believe in that deep down. And then as we get wounded and things happen in life, whether it's in childhood or at school or in adulthood, we start to step away from that. We stop believing in it. We try to get it or grasp it in other ways. We try to force it. Um, through control and by manipulating circumstances. And I'm not saying that in like a, that you're like a manipulative, controlling person, like in a negative way, but I think we do it out of fear. We all do it to some degree um, in an effort to create a circumstance where we can be happy. So what I'd like to invite you to do here is to just really tune into your heart and soul and ask yourself, what is it that matters most to me? What is it that I really want? When I crawl into bed at night, how do I want to feel? I want to feel at peace. I want to feel happy. I want to feel love. 
love for the people in my life, but I want to feel love from them as well. Those are the things I want to feel as I close my eyes at night and go to sleep. And we all know deep down that money doesn't bring you that or wealth or a bigger house or those kinds of things. I mean, it's nice, right? But those are not the things that give you that. What does give you that? Well, start creating from that place. Wake up in the morning and say, okay, I went to bed or I want to go to bed feeling happy, peaceful, love. So how can I create that for myself today? I'm happy that I'm I'm here and that I'm awake and that I'm in a healthy body. Um, I feel love for my children and myself. I feel, you know, whatever. Like start the day in that place. Start the day reminding yourself of how you want to feel that day and how you want to end your day and start choosing from that place. So, okay, let's go back to the divorce now and back to the battle you might have at your hands. You might be dealing with a personality that is very ego-driven, very maybe narcissistic or somewhat emotional, emotionally or verbally abusive. This is not easy. How do you stay calm? How do you stay loving? How do you come from a peaceful place when you're dealing with that? I got to fight back. I got to stand up for myself. Well, you got to stand up for yourself for sure. I'm not going to tell you not to do that. But do you have to fight? Fighting implies I have to push back and I have to win, right? Well, what is winning? Isn't winning feeling happy, peaceful and loving at the end of the day? Okay. So what do I need to do to feel happy, peaceful and loving? As opposed to what do I have to do to win? How do I fight back? How do I stop? And so what we tend to do is we jump into the other person's behavior. We jump into what they're doing and saying. And then we decide to respond from there. Like you said this horrible thing to me and now I'm going to respond to you. You deserve this horrible thing back. I'm going to respond in kind. We're jumping down into this mucky pit where they are and we're choosing to be there with them. Or you can say... Wow, okay, so you're in a bad place. I am not going to go there with you today. You say this to yourself, obviously. (laughs) You're not calling up your ex and saying this. That probably won't go over very well. But you can say that to yourself. You can say to yourself, I'm I'm not engaging. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to choose to come from a more peaceful place. I'm going to choose to tune into my heart. And I'm going to choose to make decisions and choices from that place in this place of conflict. What feels right? And I know I've talked to you about this before. I know I've talked about this in different ways before. And one of the ways that we get those answers is through meditation and journaling and and reaching for spirituality. I reach for the moon, for example. I sit down on my dock down here under the moonlight or the new moon, or I do it right here in my room in the winter, looking out the window. And I ask, I ask, I say like, help me grandmother moon, help me find the way to be calm here or to choose in a way that I'm staying on my side of the fence and that I am owning my reality because this is what I need for myself. And I'm not gonna put that responsibility on someone else. It is, it is not my husband's job, and I'm remarried, it is not my husband's job to make sure that I'm happy at the end of every day. It is my job 
to feel happy every day. It is my job to choose to do things and be around people that allow that feeling to grow and exist in me. It is his job to do the same for himself and to choose to love me in the most open-hearted way that he can as I choose to love him in the most open-hearted way that I can. And he does that by allowing me to be myself, by allowing me, allowing, don't think of that as permission, but by allowing space for me to be me and never judging me for who I am and never telling me that I have to be different. And so I need to do the same for him, right? We do that for our friends and we need to do that for our children. And you know what? You can do that for your ex or your soon-to-be ex. You don't have to agree with what they're doing. You don't have to even like it. But you can say, I can see that this is your journey. I'm going to have a different one over here. I'm going to choose my own. It's going to be more peaceful. And I'm going to let you have your journey. I can't stop it. I can't do anything about it. It's your choice. But I'm not going to jump in and try to force my journey on you by jumping into your journey and telling you what you have to do for me. Because that's not going to work. Are you kind of with me on this? In our effort to to get past all this, we feel such a need to push, to force, to win, to get past all this. What if we don't have to do all that? What if we don't have to stop loving our ex to get past it? What if we don't have to push to make it end? What if we don't have to fight back? What if we just have to get up in the morning and choose to be happy, loving, peaceful, and make choices from that place regarding the divorce, regarding things for our children, regarding yourself, how you're going to spend the day, what you're going to choose to eat today, what you're going to do for your body today, what you're going to do for your um, your emotional self today, what you're going to do at work today. What if we choose from a place of acceptance and openness and learning and discernment? Discernment being the ability to choose what's right for us and what's not. What if we're able to choose from a place of being able to say, no, that isn't right for me, so I'm not going to do that or I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to let that vibration, that energy, that whatever negativity, toxicity, abuse that's happening in front of me, I'm not going to let that come into my heart and soul today. Today, I'm going to keep it away. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to turn my back on that. Is it easy? You know what? It actually is, but it takes a bit of practice. It definitely takes a bit of practice. I think the thing that felt the hardest for me, and I think also that I what I see as being the hardest in my clients when I introduce this work to them, is simply allowing for that, everything that I just said, allowing that to happen, allowing yourself to let go of the fight, to let go of knowing what your ex is doing, knowing whether he's seeing someone or not, knowing whether they're happy or not, knowing what they're thinking about you, letting go of the need to know everything, to control, to to um, to be right. 
what if you just let go of all of that and you just say to yourself, I'm just going to choose what I need today. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I did. And I know I did that during my divorce. This is when I learned to do that. I learned to tune into what I needed to do. And then I chose from that place and I chose what was right. And I know I've said this to you before, but it actually was easy. It actually was. It still is. It's when we're in pain. Am I, do I ever experience pain in relationships? Absolutely. I've been disappointed. I felt betrayed by friends, by family sometimes, um, angry. But as soon as I get that negative feeling, that feeling that doesn't feel good, I ask myself, where's this feeling coming from? What is it that's triggering me? What is it that doesn't, what's pulled me out of alignment? Because I know when I feel those feelings that don't feel good, I'm out of alignment. I am not living in happiness, peacefulness, and love. I'm living in anger or resentment or jealousy or envy or fear or lack or some of those places. I'm somewhere in that place. Why? What's triggering me? Oh, it's my ex. He's doing this or it's my whatever or my friend or this is happening at work. No, that is not what's causing you to be out of alignment. It's what's triggering it. It's what's causing that button to be pushed, but the button existed. The button existed from before. Where did the button come from? What is on the button? How was your ex able to push it if it didn't even exist, right? Of course it existed. They just know how to push it. Learn what it says on the button and then get rid of the button. And then you don't have to worry about getting triggered by your ex anymore, for example. When we embrace the idea that we are all one, then we can also embrace the knowing that when we settle ourselves and choose from a place of happiness and love, and we truly do, then little by little, most of the people in your life will start doing the same around you. I recognize that there are some really wounded souls out there, some really traumatized people who were raised with abuse, were never nourished properly, um, and that might be your soon-to-be ex, and they might never be able to come from a place of love and peace. That was my journey. My ex is not able to meet me on that level. Um, I've tried a couple times to reach out. We have no contact. We never have. Like once it all happened, that was it. He wouldn't talk to me anymore. And I've tried to reach out and he's not, he's not responding and that's okay. I just knew that I needed to reach out and say, if you would like to talk or if you would like to parent together again, you know, our, our kids are all adults, so it's not like parenting, but anyway, just there's been some circumstances that have come up in our life lately. And I felt the need to reach out and just say, I'm... If you want to have a conversation, a cup of coffee, I'm open to doing that. As far as I'm concerned, the past is the past and there's no animosity or anything like that here. He's not able to respond in kind and that's okay because I didn't come from that place. I didn't make that invitation or reach out from a place of having to have a certain result. I just wanted to reach out and I did. So I'm done. I've not heard back and that's okay. 
he is not able to get on that journey. That's okay. That's his journey. It's not mine. I'm not going to be affected by it. I'm not going to be um, insulted or angry or anything. It's just, that's fine. It's not his journey. There is so much healing in that approach. And there's so much peace in approaching life and relationships that way. And I guess that's what I want to reach out to you with today. Before I go, I just wanted to give an example of one of the things that triggered me. I'm not triggered, so I don't want to use that word right now. Uh, one of the things that made me want to do this, to record this episode for you today. There were two posts in the Facebook group recently, and especially one of them. Uh, she posted a picture of her ex of like over a year now and his new person, I believe in a fair partner and the baby that they've just had. So they just had a christening on the weekend. Now I understand that that was very triggering for her, very upsetting. Um, I get that. I really do. I'm not going to say that I wouldn't react like that as well, like that I wouldn't be upset. Of course, you know, of course it was triggering, but she posted a picture in the Facebook group of the three of them. And I asked her to take the picture down. I asked her to take the picture down because I said, you know, I understand this is upsetting to you and please share that with us. And we are here to help you through that. We are here to, to nurture you and love you through this pain. But let's respect their privacy and their journey. It's a different one. It's not actually about her anymore. It's about, you know, they have theirs and she has hers. And her response before she deleted her post was, and I actually really only want her to delete the picture because I wanted her to have the support from all of us. I just didn't want the picture there. And I, uh, her response to me before she deleted her entire post was, I want everyone to know who she is. And she used an expletive there, but um, like a warning. I hope you can understand the energy behind that and how destructive that is, not just directed at her, at the affair partner, but how destructive holding that anger, that resentment, that emotion, how destructive that is for the woman in my Facebook group. What I'm trying to show her is by holding on to that, by posting this picture and making it about them and sitting in the pain that's associated with their happiness, that is only bringing a world of misery onto herself, none of which is spilling onto them, which is kind of what she wants. It's not happening though. And it's like um, a mentor of mine from back in the day when I was going through all this myself. I, I never say it as well as she did, and I should have written it down to have it here for you, but I'll, I'll finish with this today. Basically what she taught me was that in our effort or in our desire to want to poison someone else, someone who's hurt us, we end up taking the poison ourselves. And the only one who ends up getting sick is me because they are living their life. They are getting on with the things. They are being happy. And I can either spend my day being miserable about that and thinking about that thinking about that and thinking about that until I make myself sick and miserable, they're still happy. 
the poison is only being drunk by me or I can let go of it. I can throw out the poison. I can choose not to engage and I can get on with my own happiness and my own peace and love myself enough to move forward from that. And that was my choice then. And that is the work I do with my clients now. And that is what I want to share with you today. So this has been a long rambling episode and I and I thank you for coming on this journey with me. I hope this has made sense to you. I felt really called to talk to you about this today. Before I go, I want to mention to you again, I know I've mentioned this to you before, I'm running a retreat in my home on um, the 16th to 18th of June. It's a spiritual retreat and we're going to be calling in abundance in our lives. We're going to be talking about the law of attraction, but I don't want to talk about it in a a metaphorical sense or just in the spiritual sense of what it is because I am also very aware that in all this spiritual conversation that we have and all these beautiful images that you might see all over the place about these things we need to make these concepts work for us we need to bring them in and and do the work quite honestly so a lot of the work that I do in these places is talking about the feminine and the masculine, these different energies. The feminine is all about creating and the idea and the pleasure and the love and the flow of, of allowing these ideas and allowing this happiness to come to us. The masculine energy is about honoring that wish and that pleasure and that desire by taking action. And that is exactly what I'm going to be talking to my members about on the membership call coming up and It's what I'm going to be helping my sisters work on when they come to my retreat in June. I would like for you to be there. There are a couple of spots available. I would love for you to come. If you felt spoken to in this episode, if you feel that you want to do this work, if you want to understand how to not only understand the concept of the law of attraction and oneness and consciousness and intuition but actually get your hands on how to bring it into your life how to work with all of that so that you can create for yourself like you can actually experience manifestation experience having the things that you want to create then this retreat is for you that is the work that we do there so I hope you will join me. All those details will be below. I would love to see you at the Rising Moon Sisters Retreat in June. Yes, Rising Moon. We will be celebrating the Rising New Moon in Gemini. We'll be celebrating that the whole weekend, tuning into those energies and really, really developing and implementing how to, you know how to move forward with this, how to create this, not just for two days together, but when you go home. So anyway, I thank you for letting me talk to you about this today. I thank you for one more week, again, allowing me into your headset and your space and your your life. Um, it makes me truly happy and joyful to be able to do this with you. This is the work that I feel called to do. And I hope and, and I really, I really hope that it is of value to you. Find happiness inside yourself. Find the love and find the peace that you're searching for or whatever it is that you're searching for. Let me know how I can help you. And until I see you in June or until we talk again here, have a beautiful day.